1: All right, folks, welcome back. We might need a new introduction here because this is the football edition. We haven't been around since Christmas. Jeremy Moss here, Matt Kennerly, so good uh, good evening. It's been a while since we've actually talked via podcast.
0: It has been a little while, hasn't
1: it? Ha- stuff gets in the way. Um, stuff, Christmas, New Year's, mm, the stomach bug flu, bites hard sometimes, but we're here. And the plan was about a week ago to recap all these bowl games, but we decided to do sort of a... Uh, Maybe a quick hit, year in review, some hodgepodge news. But for those who are new, thank you for finding us. Our website, MWWire.com, Facebook, Mountain West Wire, where Wyoming wrestling coaches can play three sports at once and kick a field goal 90 feet out in one try.
0: You, I couldn't do that in like a million tries. So that is like one of the most impressive things that I will probably see all year long.
1: And I'm going to I'm gonna pretend that it was his first first and only try at that.
0: I, I, yeah, let's, I mean, it's better that way. It's like, um, even if he took it's like, what's what is what are those those guys who do like
1: the trick shots and all that stuff for basketball or no, just
0: like in general, like Dude Perfect or something like that?
1: Um, I'm not familiar, I'm not sure.
0: I'm afraid, but it seems like something they would do, so that's why it's and, so
1: impressive. And we appreciate people watching on our Facebook page because we got a lot of people checking that out, even pre boosting, where I we tossed a few bucks to get more reach because we want to increase our Facebook page. Before I even did that, we've had thousands of people look at that video. So that's pretty cool. So thank you for that. And we're not gonna talk about that. We'll talk some more on me, but I wanted to mention that. If you haven't seen it, it's um it was pinned on our Facebook page, but we have a t shirt thing now on there. We'll talk about later. Because, you know, undefeated forever is a thing. But if you go to our our actual website, um it's on one of the on the front above the fold. So one of the top five posts. It's just a woman wrestling coach um kicks a ninety foot bank shot, which he called for sure. Um of course he did. But go watch it there because it's it's impressive. It's probably, like, this is obviously going to be trick shot season. You'll see guys throwing. Who was it? The Was it a Texas QB or somebody? Or I don't know who it was, but on the CD or something. Jet ski, catching passes. Yeah, wasn't that, ba- wasn't that Baker Mayfield? Oh, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma. You'll see that. We've seen... Um, the San Jose State guy throw from the top of the building of the uh, stadium into the garbage can. We've seen Brett Brett Ripon twerk before, not a trick shot, but just a cool video of some sort. Maybe not cool, but odd. But it is officially off season trick shot season, so look for a bunch of those. But like even Derek Carr, this this would probably be the closest one, wasn't it? Derek Carr, maybe it's David Carr. I think it's Derek threw it over the house through a basketball hoop like two seasons ago, two off seasons ago. Oh yeah, that was Derek Carr. You're, Derek Carr, but over that over the house. Where you can't see the hoop.
0: hmm
1: That's probably... I think those two are probably the best I've seen in a while. For sure. But I'd still put this, I'd still put this one. Spin the football, kick the football, 90 feet out, bank shot and in. There, there's nothing that could top that. Just retire, right? Nothing else could be done. So... What We're actually going to talk about. We're going to get into uh recap bowl season, so I guess we're going to do quick hits. Is that the best way to do it? Because we're what three weeks away from all these games that happen.
0: Well, the uh the Idaho Potato Bowl is on December 22nd. We're recording tonight, January 11th, so yeah, oh, it has boy. been about three
1: weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this bowl, let's do, bowl season in general was pretty good. Mountain West was three and three, they were what two to 14 points. I don't get the exact number, but almost six and oh. Two, one overtime game, correct, right? Just the uh, the uh, Arizona Bulls overtime. Yes. You had the one possession Army San Diego State game, and then the also the uh, – what was the other one um, after this? The Fresno game. That was a victory, but the Marshall-CSU game, which we discussed. All, three, three, of the, point all three
0: of the bowl game losses were by one score, which tells you That's something. That's what I was
1: thinking, yeah. And so, did we talk about the... Oh, let's just do this real quick. Potato Bowl. Let's just let's kind of quick hit through this. I know it's old, but we want to talk about football. We haven't talked about these games for a while. Um, how much... Did you watch a lot of the Potato Bowl? I, I know it was a while ago. I did not get a
0: chance to watch the Potato Bowl. I was on the road to Southern California. And I remember okay. you messaging me, um, telling me exactly how it went down.
1: <laughs> we called it exactly. If you don't remember, I think you and I both... Because... Both these teams are good at the turnover margin, but Wyoming is superior at turnover margin. And as their Twitter account shows, they do not need a sideline prop to show their dominance. They just prove it on the field. That's true. Plus eight. Not just plus eight. Eight to zero. Yeah, I thought
0: when you sent me that, I thought you had sent me a typo of some kind.
1: Because <laughs> that happens. I do typos. And
0: then when I went to look at the the box score and everything afterwards, like, yeah, it was seemed like everybody was getting into it. It's actually kind of a shocker, I think that the final margin was only 37 to 14. It seems like with eight turnovers, you should have had a lot more points than that.
1: They should have. The first half, like, like a lot of it, talk about this game was, we mentioned turnovers and what's Josh Allen going to do because he's healthy. His first half was great. He only had 154, three touchdowns, 11 to 19, still just okay for completion percentage. But short fields, he had a couple of great throws for touchdowns early on. But it was just a game where short fields, he should have scored more points. He had a couple of field goals in this one, but... Four interceptions. Carl Granderson had a. An, I, hey, I called that too. Let's get Carl Granderson a big man touchdown. Mm-hmm. Called it. For, see, I a lot of my picks go well, but everybody focuses on me predicting Wyoming to beat New Mexico basketball by thirty, and I blow it. So <laughs> it's just a good dominant game. That's all. It's all. There's nothing else to really say besides this defense. Like we'll next week, we'll get to kind of our stupid early previews for 2018, but. The defense is going to be back, and they were dominant. And Logan Wilson, Granderson, even uh, Gaffian had a really good game. So Central Michigan had nothing, really. Yeah. They had a good receiving group. Passing was pretty good, but they had to because they're down.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes and no because, you know, Shane Morris was 23 of 39, but he also had four interceptions, which yeah. <laughs> pretty much tells you entire I mean, what's interesting about Wyoming going into next year, you know, just to give the Cowboys fans a out taste. there something. A taste. A taste. What's interesting to me is it seems like going into 2018, at least on offense, they're going to be in the exact opposite situation than they were coming into this year. Because, you know, now all of a sudden you've got, you know, at least two guys, three guys at running back who, you know, even if they weren't necessarily efficient or effective this year.
1: Or good. Yeah. yeah, well, (laughs) Come on. (laughs) <laughs> it
0: was it was rough you know it was obviously there was a little bit of a decline after brian hill but you know they're gonna have all of those guys coming back they're gonna have all of their skill position receivers coming back they're gonna have mm-hmm. you know austin Ford the touchdown machine coming back everything but the quarterback
1: and you know is that a bad thing though because well did you see pro football folks i think you tweeted that from our account his stats from last year to this year they were basically comparable at best
0: Yes and no, because, yeah, while Allen didn't necessarily take the step forward that I think a lot of us anticipated he would, like, we we saw what the offense looked like with Nick Smith under center, so, Oosh. you know, obviously there's, a, you know, there's still, like, the secondary signing day coming up in about, what was it, like, three weeks
1: or something like that? Yeah, around Valentine's Day, I think, a week before Valentine's Day.
0: So you know they may or may not bring in a quarterback. They may or may not you know get one of their young quarterbacks. Like I believe uh, what's his name, Tyler Vanderwall was the redshirt freshman this year. I'm expecting so. I'm expecting there to be a lot of quarterback competition throughout the spring and throughout the fall. So, but I think that that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be a contender. But they might be kind of the darkest horse out there going into 2018.
1: Do I know a quick? Um, we we're gonna have by the time you hear this, this will be out. So I'll mention now we're doing some. Early 2018 stuff like I already made out my own top 25, which we'll talk about that because I think Fresno should be in the mix for top 25, and we'll talk about them a second here because we're going to talk about the Hawaii Bowl. But looking at really quick the power rankings for next year, I figured out oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. Um, you know how Wyoming? Really quick, they have a this won't give everything away, but somebody actually put Wyoming first place into preseason next year. Huh. There is and it's all over the board. I like no my my pick is Boise because I think that's most obvious. But here's how they rank overall. I get it, maybe give away their positioning, but first place, second place, a fourth place, a fifth place, two sixth place, two seventh place, an eighth, and a ninth.
0: So all over the map, then?
1: Yeah, all over the map, which we'll talk about more a bit next week. But I don't know if their defense is going to be back, most of their offense. I maybe put them to, I'll I'll cough up. I was the lowest when I put them nine because their offense wasn't very good with a good quarterback and that's a pretty big position as we can see or tell from what happened this year. Defense will be what, top three, top four. Then Boise, Aztecs, and uh Fresno will be all right there in the mix. So but they're basically all over the map. So it's uh kinda of shocking where they're at. But they we'll get to it later, but defense will be elite ex offense is mostly but almost all back. So maybe I undervalued them at this point in freaking January. Hmm. <laughs> And another prediction to go wrong because I my second one, I mean, bad prediction, I guess, because the hoops was terrible. Well, uh, you did. I believe you
0: did predict them to win the Potato Bowl, though. I did not. So.
1: Of course. Yeah, so suck it. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next uh, Quick Bowl game here. We're going to blaster these. The next one, oh, shoot. My screen is not cooperating. Do you want to go to. or right, let's go to the Army San Diego State game just because that's the one on top of my mind. That game was amazing. This. I didn't rank the bowl games I was going to, but I, I didn't. I, that has to be the number one Mountain West bowl game. Would you think so? Even though Utah State and New Mexico State went to overtime, the way this game played out, it was like it was just impressive because there was the drive we'll get to that yielded zero points for Army. That was what twelve minutes.
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was really interesting to see that this was. a not really that much of a contrast to styles, but just the fact that both of those teams ended up getting their production in vastly different ways. You know, the fact that Rashad Penny carried the ball just 14 times, but he managed 221 yards. When you compare that to what Army was able to do, you know, Ahmad Bradshaw needed 32 carries to get to just 180. And, you know, even the guys behind him, Darnell Wolfolk uh, you know, sorry, I just went up, uh, Andy Davidson, you know, they had about 80 yards apiece, but they combined for 35 carries between them. So Army was really putting the Aztecs front, you know, especially that front line through the grinder. And, you know, I have to give them credit because, like, it's not easy to face that kind of offense. And it's, you know, they probably gave up more third downs than they would have liked. I think Army ended up going 13 of 18, which is by far you know, I believe San Diego State's worst third down performance of the year. So that was kind of uncharacteristic of them, but it's not as though that they weren't making plays, you know, because they ended up with one, two, three. You know, actually, that was one thing I pointed out. Excuse me. I've misspoke because I think one of the problems that I noticed early on was they weren't really getting into the backfield as much as they had been throughout the year. And they only ended up with three tackles for loss, which when you're considering Army ran the ball 87 times as a whole, That's a huge problem, and that inevitably paid dividends for the Black Knights, especially in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, watch this game. Like, I I figured, because we mentioned, like, Army schedule wasn't tough outside of playing, like, Ohio State and whoever they play. They're independents. They play, like, they play Navy, they play Air Force. They play, like, Buffalo's not very good. Tulane was all right. UTEP's not fired their coach midseason. I mean, they beat, they won a lot of games. We give them credit. They beat Duke, but, like, Overall, for who they played, like the, outside of Navy and Ohio State, this is the team right there, probably the second best team they played, and they beat them. Mm-hmm. And we, I figured blow up because I figured there's no way Bradshaw could keep up or any running game, even if they ran like they did 87 freaking times. I figured the Aztec defense would do something because look at these tackles. Like, just, you know, 17 tackles, lock, a 15 tackles, Baldwin, 10 tackles, 9 tackles, Rod Smith, Tariq Thompson, 9 tackles. They had, like, that's part of it just because 87 rushes, but still it's, I had no clue or didn't think that they'd get they'd be that productive. I we knew they'd get the yards, but five touchdowns, four four hundred and forty yards. What does that come out to? Like what five yards a carry? About it's five point one, 1 yeah. yeah. And there's a couple of things too. So there's some penalties that hurt San Diego State. They did ten for eighty two. There's a couple of personal fouls early on in the offensive line that were not good. But it's hard to tell. To like the stats are deceiving. If you just look at the numbers, yes, Aztecs ran the ball well. Rashard Penny had what? Two fifty-plus yard runs, untouched. Essentially, the eighty-one yarder and another long touchdown. Like, they go they'll land eleven first downs. But here's the thing: they only had the ball for fourteen minutes of the whole game. Mm-hmm. Fourteen total minutes. That's all. That's and insane. So the yardage is going to be, yeah, out there. And they they probably should have won this game I'm, because they had that late f- the late fumble. And they, well, I think they probably should have. Is that too much to say?
0: Well, I mean, I think that they definitely had some breaks go against them because they had the the interception that was. You know, to me, the when uh I believe it was Anthony Luke intercepted the ball. You know, this yeah. was this was ap- it, I believe it was after Army's game chewing drive.
1: You know, here's what here's what it is. Yeah, here's how I go real quick. They had that twenty play drive, yeah. eleven minutes, nineteen seconds, missed field goal, where they went forward on fourth down once I think already in that drive. Yeah, yeah. fourth and one got. So they went that drive eleven, jeez, twenty plays, 11-19. Forty-seven, Only 47 yards. That's like two yards to play. Mm-hmm. No points. Aztecs take that and go down and get a touchdown. They're up 28-21. You figured after that, Army what, using all their energy, and they get no points. Um, oh, no, sorry. It wasn't even a field goal attempt. They went for it. Sorry. They went for it on 4th to 10, had a loss of 9. That's terrible. Aztecs use that touchdown. Then the interception comes. So you, you, you get a crushing drive that goes gets nowhere Aztec score in what three place does one of Penny's big run a 49 yarder then they come back and pick off army and then that's where they're at army 14 and then that's where it kind of goes off the rails
0: well and and that was where where Chapman and I I don't really fault him for you know the throw that he made because that was one of the more heads-up plays that we saw you know all bowl season where the 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 defender was, like, falling down on his knees backwards and Mm -hmm. still managed to get a hand up for the tip drill. You know, if San Diego State scores there, I think it's probably safe to say the game is over. Like, even if, you know, Army was able to grind out another touchdown or two, I think with a two-score lead, you know, which is something that the Aztecs never had in this game, they might have forced the Black Knights to do something that they don't really want to do, which is throw the ball a little bit more. Yeah, were they
1: over for one, one
0: for three in this game, or something. They were one for four, one for four. Yeah. So you know, I think that you know, if you're looking for one big play that maybe changed the tenor of the game, it's not necessarily that one long drive. It's the interception that Chapman threw. But again, I don't really fault the decision making. That was just a really good play by by the Black Knights. And then you know, maybe you could make the argument that they left too much time <laughs> on the on the clock left for Army when they went up 35-28 because, you know, they went down and then they went for two, and it was actually a pretty brilliant play call, you know, going to the, mm-hmm. the sideline on the two-point conversion and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's a there's definitely an argument that the Aztecs should have won this game, but I feel like that takes a lot of credit away from the Black Knights, you know. Well,
1: I'm just saying, like, I just felt the... It, no, I'm not taking away credit from them, because look at the points they, did anybody score that many points against Aztecs all year? 42 points? I believe that's the most anybody scored against them, correct? I'm pretty sure, yeah. because yeah, Boise had 31. That was it. That was the next, uh, yeah, 31, 17 Stanford, 20 ASU, 28 NIU was up there. But, he yeah, has Boise, 31. So, you no, know, I'm not giving Army Christ. Late in the game, the situations where, yeah, the interception is just a great play by Army. But I'm saying they, I felt they, at that turning point where Army gets no points, Aztecs score a touchdown, they, there's the interception. They get the interception. Like That's where I figured, okay, they got this. Mm-hmm. But then, the end of the game, the fumble, where it's um, – I think ESPN scoring driver is wrong. Wasn't it 35-35? No, and it was 36-35, the
0: and then they threw the oh, last ditch, wrong, lateral man.
1: interception. Okay, that's what I thought. Because, like, here, I'm looking at here, it's like 35-28. They're missing the two-point conversion and stuff. Yeah, okay, that's why I'm like, wait a minute. And so it's like, ah, the fun. then you get the fumble. It's like, geez. It's just a, it's just a, like one of the top games overall. It's just unfortunate that Aztecs couldn't get it done, and they didn't have that many chances to do anything. But the chances they had, like when they touched the ball, like their drive chart, they had what, two punts in the game. They had Every other one was a touchdown or and then the one interception. We mentioned possessions would be a minimum, man. We'll see what goes goes forward next year, but they lose Richard Penny. They, is Christian Chapman back for one more season, or is he done?
0: No, I believe he's a junior, so he should be coming back for
1: his senior year. <sighs> Another year of Christian Chapman, which he's getting better, so that's fine. But maybe Ryan Agnew will do something, but I don't know. It's just – Jawan Washington had – we didn't mention the – would he have a punt return for a TD as well, kick return? Mm-hmm. had one of those in this game, That so that takes away the yardage and everything. But, dang, Penny, six straight games end the season with 200 yards.
0: Should have been a Heisman finalist, or
1: excuse me, five. One, two, three, four. Sorry, five. Excuse me, five, six total. I don't. That's should that's, should uh, have been a, should have been a
0: dope Walker finalist too. Let's just leave it at that.
1: Should, should have been, yeah. Even to go by running backs, but like all-purpose yards, everything. But like, yeah, Saquon Barkley will be Saquon Barkley. Excuse me, probably be a higher draft pick because competition does matter. But to be that dominant, it's like, come on, but. We'll see if he does next level' They're saying he's better than a Donald Pumphrey who I think he's on the Eagles or practice squad bouncing up around with them but we'll see how it goes but like next year like um, we'll have our rankings out I think when you read this they're kind of all over the board as well they gotta they'll probably be about third or fourth or something it looks like second third or fourth second or third in that range but we'll see but it was a, if you missed this game folks I bought you missed a good one because it was one of the best games all weekend or all week of bowl season. Should we go to, go to the island in Hawaii? Let's do Hawaii. it. Hawaii. So what was your thought, thoughts on this game? You um, were pretty excited. It was a solid victory.
0: It was a really back-and-forth affair, you know. But I think what ultimately made the difference was the fact that, you know, one of the things we pointed out in the preview that I remember very clearly is, you know, when I did the Q&A with the, the Houston writer over Underdog Dynasty, he mentioned that he thought the Houston running game would be a huge factor and in this particular case, it wasn't because they only ended up you averaging. Mean, wait,
1: excuse me, Ed Oliver running the attack.
0: Okay, well he had like one yard, <laughs> a one yard touchdown.
1: Touchdown, and that was Touch- and that
0: was after he stepped on the sea urchin. Right? Let's not forget that too.
1: Oh, oh geez, yeah, that was all all over the place.
0: But I mean, between the two running backs, Mobile Carr and Duke Catalan, they had 18 carries and only 32 yards. And I think that that's a huge credit to the Fresno State front line because you know even without you know Nathan Madsen. The front line played a very good game, and they ended up with nine tackles for loss as a team, and really forced Derek King to try to win the game. And you know, to his credit, he almost did. He ended up with 269 yards and a touchdown, but he only completed 23 of 43, so he wasn't quite as efficient as he wanted to be, and a lot of his targets ended up going to Stephen Dunbar, who I thought would play a big role, and he did end up doing that with 10 catches for 197 yards. But you know, they ended up punishing him for mistakes, and that was you know when you look at the, the game-winning pick six from Jaron Bryant. You know, it kind of gives you hope for next year, where even though they're going to lose a couple of key pieces up front, like Malik Forrester is graduating, for instance, I'm pretty sure everybody else is coming back, and so
1: yeah, I I looked at this really quick because um, I went I was doing like this the top twenty five, like where's Fresno. McMarion's back. Their top four running backs, whoever, if they all stay rivers, Mims, Hulk is back three of their five offensive linemen are back. Keyshawn Johnson and three of the top four receivers are going to be back. So they're going to be as good or better next year. I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, when we talk about like young teams in the conference or when we talk about, you know, one side of the ball or the other with a lot of talent coming back next year, you know, we just talked about the Wyoming defense. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, Boise state returning a lot of talent on both sides of the ball this is a team that I think I mean is it is it is it stupid upset pick to say that they're like a supreme dark horse to make a New Year's Day run next year?
1: No, because we can get to that really quick in a second. Here's why, like I I did our, I also the composite top twenty-five. Like we knew Boise would be on there, UCF because they bring back most of their line, their quarterback and running back, Boise because similar situation. Outside Strickler Wilson, most of their linemen are back. Madison Rippon will get all the snaps. Most of the defense. Here's the reason why: like what you just, what you and I just mentioned, the amount of talent they're coming back, a ten-win team, and their schedule is yeah. They get Idaho, which you're welcome, Frozen State Football, for me fixing that for you. It's an SCS <laughs> team now. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but they go to Minnesota, who's okay, whatever. It's a Big Ten team. To UCLA, who have new head coach and Chip Kelly, new quarterback Josh Rosen's gone, and they get a. Toledo without Logan Woodside at home, Minnesota and UCLA are both road games. That's good enough. That's that's a pretty good schedule. You know what I mean, like Jerry Palm of CBS saying, if you want a playoff, you need like a bunch of P five teams. But that's that schedule's formidable enough. That's about as good as what Boise had with playing teams like because uh, BYU should be better. They played uh, Virginia, who's or not Bo- Boise, but uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Boise played Virginia, played BYU, they played uh, Washington State. So that's pretty comparable, I would say overall for the most part. And they go, here's the thing too, but they go to Boise. They they got San Diego They they, they got a schedule, I think. No, you're not far off. They're going to be a team nobody's going to talk about for whatever reason. And the reason Boise is getting ranked is partly because how college football is. It's the reason why Texas is ranked again for some reason preseason stuff. It's a name recognition. Fresno doesn't have it because they were pretty bad prior to this year. But you are not far off. It might be, I'd say it's a lukewarm, stupid, upset pick. But for those who actually watch the league and cover Fresno or cover the Mountain West should realize – like, I'll give it right now, my early pick. I'll spoil a little bit for my – no, I, I'm I, – I think Fresno can win the West Division, no questions asked. Not – like, I put them at the top at the moment to win the West. I'm going to hold you to and that. What was that? You hold it to me? I'm going to hold you to that. Where do you feel on that? Or do you want to wait for your pick But next week? I mean,
0: I want to keep it kind of on the subject we're talking about because I feel like, you know, if I had to choose one team – the conference with the best odds to make a New Year's Day run, it's probably still Boise, not only because of the fact that they're probably going to start next year ranked somewhere in the 20s, but they also have, I think, a little bit more of a, of a conducive schedule that lets them do that because you know they have you know, a game against a ranked Troy team who's still probably going to be pretty good, and they go to Oklahoma State, which will probably be ranked and things like that. So if they can get that, you know, ranked victory and if they can go into, you know, non-conference play unbeaten, I think that that bodes well for the Broncos, you know, with as much talent as they have coming back. But I don't think Fresno State is that far behind them to the point that, you know, if both of those teams are undefeated at some point during conference play, that could be a really crucial game going, you know, sometime in October or November of next year, this year. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever it is. I see the schedule, yeah, for Bo- Favors Boise a bit, but, no, though it could be a clear dark horse because there's, like, we're going to do our top ten for the underdog dynasty poll they messaged us and messaged us, but, like, like really quick, like, just to mention Houston, who's going to be pretty good, you'd see Kyle Allen declared for the NFL draft. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> it's why, kind of but okay. It's like, he's not going to transfer again because you're basically done. Like, you can't transfer after going from another two couple schools you could, but... It's, just done, maybe graduated. Who knows why? But or just he's done. But like you, like I'd have to look at better, more teams. Like within this conference, you'd say Boise, Fresno, maybe San Diego State. They they'll have their new offensive line back. Defense will be fine. It's has got to only replace another two thousand yard rusher. But outside of that, somebody for the Americans going to be pretty good. South Florida loses a ton. Loses coach, obviously. Oh uh, no, no, sorry, they don't lose their coach. Excuse me, that's Scott Frost. Central, Central. UCF will be in the mix. Maybe Memphis. Um, I don't see anybody from the MAC unless NIU picks it up again. I'd look like, do some more research because they were a little bit down. Like I said, Toledo loses Woodside. Nobody from the Sun Belt, even Troy, probably won't be in the mix. So there's like maybe four or five teams. Can I can, can, I, just, pro-
0: can I just add real quick how stupid it is that South Florida ended the year ranked ahead of Boise?
1: I saw your tweet, but you made one little error in the tweet, buddy. What was that? You said Boise beat Washington State. Oh, did I? That's okay, but oh. no, you're right. Like I, I, I did an article. I mentioned like the, in the um, I, may, I forget. What, maybe it's, yeah, the one where the final pull. That's okay. Still better. Hey, that loss is still better than Temple. Their win over Temple, right? That's exactly
0: <laughs> what I'm saying. Their best win was Temple. <laughs> it was the only team above 500 they beat all year long, yeah. and it's stupid that they ended the year ranked ahead of the Broncos. I don't and understand.
1: And had they beat UCF, they had to play to Auburn. And
0: they had one fewer game. They won one yeah, fewer they'd... game, and they didn't even play in the conference championship. Boise did.
1: Oh no, those Memphis. Sorry, apologize. No Memphis. That's right. Sorry. Yeah, had they be no. You're right. It's like they looked. They looked good. Like I'm not saying they're a good team by watching them, but if you go by a little bit deeper, like who they're playing, who they're beating, the American was extremely top heavy. Memphis yes. is good. UCF and I still. I'm not saying USF is a bad team by any means, but when you're ranking, it's you don't want to use like the transit of property, like oh you beat who, but look at the records you're playing. Like wasn't didn't we mistake like Stony Brook who won ten games is like their second best win possibly?
0: They probably are, yeah.
1: <laughs> it, but it it is ridiculous who so, Boise beat like they, beat, they split it for us no beat San Diego State beat CSU, um beat, almost beat Washington State beat lost Wyoming. To yeah beat Wyoming so it's like well a lot of bowl teams on there so that's stupid but. They might be. I don't think they'll be in the mix, but there's only a couple of teams. But no, I'd say Fresno. Like, let's hop on that now because they're a team that's off the or Maybe you sometime next month, like do a we when we start doing some early 2018 stuff, just for the heck of it, put them as one of the teams that'll make one of your picks because that's not far off who they have back and who they're playing. It takes a lot of luck to go undefeated as well, and their schedule's good enough. Like if USF is that close with who they played, Fresno's miles ahead of that with their non-conference schedule. And also, one last thing on USF, people are saying, well, have they beat Georgia Tech or how they elected to take the road game at Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech won five games. What would that have done for their playoff chance or get them any higher? Or no, that's UCF. Dang it, I like, get those mixed up. I, I'm, I'm done. Whatever.
0: By the way, the whole UCF as national championship thing, also stupid.
1: Even though we're leaning into it, don't say it's that stupid. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no it okay. is. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about
0: that more more a little bit later.
1: We got one more game to talk about, real quick. We will talk about something that's ridiculous and we're going to embrace and hate at the same time. Um, New Mexico State, Utah State. So, I'd like to blame my DVR for not recording this game, so I missed the whole thing. I'm like, oh, I got this. CBS Sports Network. I'm my, okay, I can watch a little bit. No, family doing stuff. It was a Friday, a little bit of work day. So, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch it later. I saw some highlights, but, um, Utah, New Mexico State, good for you for storming the field, traveling the four plus hours, selling out the stadium, essentially beating Utah State. Hey, hey, we did not see this all year, Matt. lawan Hunt, 133 yards on the ground, one touchdown. I mean, kudos.
0: Looking up and down the stat sheet, it seems like they're, they're, the the defense, I think, for Utah State deserves a lot of credit for keeping them in this game because. You know, on the one hand, Utah State's offense was only 2 of 18 on third downs. Yep. Is that the single worst third down performance of any team this year?
1: It's one of the. It's got to be in thing. the
0: conversation, but I mean, conversely, New Mexico State was only four of twenty-two on third downs. So <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, yeah, gosh. so I mean, that's that's a little wild when you really. So think did about I not it. miss
1: much missing this game?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that there was a little bit of erratic quarterback play on both sides because you know Jordan Love ended yeah. up making the start for Utah State and he only went twenty-five of forty-four. But you know, Tyler Rodgers, we knew going into the game he was going to throw and throw and throw. But he only had 191 yards, and he only averaged 3.5 yards per attempt, and the Aggies did pick him off two times. So, you know, we've talked about how the, the defense especially seemed to be kind of all over the map, you know, from week to week this year where they would get, you know, really good performances against really bad teams and then get overwhelmed against really good teams. And this seemed to kind of break that trend a little bit. And so... You know they're going to be losing Jalen Davis at a minimum, and I can't remember. I think Dallin Levet is also graduating, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I don't see it, but Levitt, yeah, people are mad at it. Put him on the all bowl team. Like, well, it's hard to quantify. I know he played well because they didn't throw his way, but he had no pass breakups, no pass defense. So I'm like, well, I was looking at numbers because I missed a game, so but they were not throwing to his that's part of the reason they played so well. They were not throwing his way the entire game. Well, Dallin Levitt so, also
0: had an interception.
1: Yes, interception and uh, seven tackles. He was yeah. one of the DBs I picked. But, yeah, he's a senior as well. And then also, you know, the big star we're missing, first team all-mountain was kicker. Ugh. Uh, what's his name? Don't Dominic Elber, sorry, two of six.
0: That's the difference in the game right there, isn't it?
1: By far. When you missed four field goals and he's the first team all – wasn't he the first team kicker, right? I believe it was, yeah. I don't want to blame one player, but – Kind of got to blame one player in this game, almost. Well, and I mean, and it wasn't
0: just, like, the, the you know the missed field goal in overtime. You know, it was 29 yards. I'm trying to look real quick at what the other yeah. attempts were. You know, because a 48-yarder is not a gimme, so maybe That's I can't, far. maybe not give him too much grief for that. But he also missed from 49 and, I'm trying to look this up, 44. Yeah, the last one. So it was okay, 44, next. 48, 49, and then 29 in overtime. So, yeah, maybe it looks a little bit rough on the stat sheet, but making that many field goals from 40 yards, not an easy thing to do.
1: Make one. Make one.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if we, make, if we make one, we're talking about an entirely different story.
1: Game over, they win.
0: But I think that, you know, in the same way that we talked about, you know, units with a lot of talent coming back, you know, obviously they'll have to figure out what to do with the running game. I don't believe one Hunt is coming back, is he?
1: Uh, let me check. One thing about the running game I'll say when I was doing a Q&A, Utah State was undefeated when they had a 100-yard rusher this year. This is the first time they lost with having a 100-yard rusher. That's interesting. Um, yeah, he's a senior this year. So I was looking through, like, what can I find some interesting tidbits? Like, yeah, every time 100-plus. Maybe he's as a team. Maybe not even individual is. I think as individual, though. I'd have to look, but I'm not going to. But I think as yeah, 100-yards rusher. They won every game except this one.
0: But, I mean, I think that, you know, when you step back and look at what the Aggies were able to do on the whole, you know, yeah, obviously there were some individual weeks that weren't, necessarily that pretty but i mean especially on offense through the air like if they know that they're settled on on jordan love going into the future you know as a team they ended up right around the middle of the conference as far as you know quarterback grading and, and touchdowns interceptions and things like that so while there is room to grow you know while they're they are gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do at running back which was a little bit uneven from week to week which is fine i'm fine with that it seemed like there was a little bit of growth, especially near the end of the year where, you know, they basically blew up against UNLV and then they had really good performance against Hawaii and Air Force as well. So it's going to be incumbent on on David Yost and the rest of this offensive, you know, position players love and Ron Quavy and Tarver and, you know, Dax Raymond and all those guys. Mm-hmm. If they can take a step forward, they're going to be a really tough team to deal with going into next year.
1: They're just a team. Like I I don't get them. Like I, they played by, like, yeah, they lost the Air Force, but played well. They beat a bad New Mexico team. They crushed a pretty good, well, Hawaii was kind of circling the drain late in the year. They had to come back first UNLV, but like they basically lost to the, the good teams essentially on their schedule and they beat the teams they should have outside of Air Force. So that's kind of how it is. They're just like, you mentioned middle pack passing. That's kind of what they were this year is also going back and forth with quarterback play was an issue. But like they lost to Wake, who's better than them, CSU, Wyoming, Bowl team, Bowl team, Boise Bowl team, Air Force not a Bowl team, but on the verge now. Is a loss because of the was strip sack, sack sack fumble to finish the game off, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then they lose to another Bowl team, Mexico and Wisconsin, who was a top five team or top ten team end of year. So it it looks like well, maybe I'm being over picky, but they just seem so inconsistent half the year, half the time this year, because they crushed San Jose State, who's terrible. They crushed BYU part of the Jalen Davis show with his touchdowns and picks. But it just seems like when they were close to a decent team, they didn't seem, like even losing to Wyoming by five didn't seem all that close for CSU 13-point loss. It's like I'd maybe just a quarterback play going back and forth and still not having a running game. That was the reason where I'm like, what team's going to show up? Because I never was really confident. Yeah, I mean, it was a team
0: in transition. But one of the things that, you know, I'm sure I'll mention it again, but I might as well mention it now. You know, we talk about, you know, things that you can look at when it when it comes to trying to you know think ahead to the next season. With Utah State, it's worth keeping in mind that they were 0-3 in games decided by one score or less. You Same have, as
1: last year, weren't they like 0-5 last year or something like that, and eight points or less? Yeah, i
0: I forget exactly what their record was, but you know they obviously they lost the bowl game by six points. They lost the Air Force game by three. And then they have, they lost the Wyoming game by five points. So that's one of those things where, you know, if it regresses to the mean, which is to say regresses more or less back to 500, you know, assuming that they progress on offense and the, you know, the defense can also take a step forward as well and replacing those key players, you know, this is a team that looks like it has a pretty steady foundation to build upon.
1: I think they do. I just want to see more consistent. It's got to flip one way. You're not going to have three years in a row to losing so many games by one touchdown or less or one score or less, eight points or fewer. Yeah. All right, so let me go over my bowl team here because I made this all by myself and people are hating because Boise State fans – because I have more Utah State and Aztec fans on this than Boise – or not fans, but uh, players. Here's what I put real quick. I'll just mention this. Offensive line, I kind of went off the running attack. Who had a good running game? I chose them. Because, like, I picked the Aztec running game, or offensive line, the Utah State offensive lineman. Um as far as know, Christian Kronk, because they played, well, protected QB as well pretty well. Mm-hmm. So here's why I put the skill players. Marcus McNair is my MVP, which is by far, or, yeah, I put MVP. I, I think I did. Yeah. No, Penny did, sorry. First-team quarterback, McNair, makes sense. Richard Penny, 221, four TDs. Lawan Hunt, obviously 130 yards TD. Mm-hmm. Cedric Wilson, Ron Quavin, Tarverin. Obasai, Oba, Obasi Johnson from CSU. Mm-hmm. Any arguments could be made for anybody else? Um, I mean, not that I
0: could think of. It seems people, like at least, as, at least as far as the skill positions are concerned, it seems like you got it pretty much right on.
1: Boom! Yeah, so with only six games, it's not terribly hard. I don't think. Even people are mad at me because I like I put like okay, what not like so I went off numbers because I I watched most of every game. I didn't like say so I couldn't see the New Mexico State game because it was stupid DGR, so I can only do highlights and no replay of the game. So people point out, well, Jalen Davis stopped everybody and they never threw to him, so it's, maybe he should have been on the mix. But the DB play was huge; like that was tough for me to settle down and linebacker. But like, like choosing Kayva Tziznio, seventeen tackles. How can you not put him on the list? That's or like true. Vander, Van Der who was my MVP, three TFL, sack, force fumble. People were upset about Carl Granderson. I'm like, dude, he had a sack, TFL, and a touchdown. Come on.
0: Well, I mean, I think that there are certain positions where you know you could make pretty sound arguments for any number of people. Yeah. You know, whether I mean if whether it's Van Der Esch, whether it's Granderson, whether it's, you know, Jalen Davis, who where if it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, it doesn't mean he wasn't effective and things like exactly. that. Exactly. But, you know, just looking over. On, on both sides of the ball, I didn't really see any glaring things. One thing I was curious about, you didn't mention a tight end at all.
1: I, I did not. Tight ends are gone, sorry. Is there, if I had a tight end, who would I pick on there? I don't even have anything in front of me.
0: If it were um, me, I probably would have gone with Jared Rice, who I, you, he ended up having his best game ever, actually. Um, six catches, 84 yards, and the Hawaii Bowl win.
1: Okay, did I even choose eleven players in offense?
0: <laughs> uh, you did. You actually went with the you know, oh, two two running backs, three receivers. So okay, oh, making sure I you were you were operating out of the whole like you know Madden <laughs> offense with you know two running backs flanking you and three receivers outside.
1: You know, split back. Yeah, that'll, exactly that'll gotten, kind of thing. One no, that's fair. I was debating tight end. Like, well, like like Johnson or a tight end. He had six for one nineteen or Tarver. I was like, and then like I thought I, I did pretty well overall, looking through who did what. like There's some guys you don't hear, like Max McDonald from CSU. You don't hear very much, but a couple of TFLs a sack. Mm-hmm. It's, I, thought, I thought I did fair enough. There's a, I think the biggest complaint was because Boise State was so dominant on the defensive line because they shut down Oregon to basically nothing. It's like, yes, but I'm going by, like, this is not a team award. This is by what players stood out the most. And if I'm going off the defensive line, like, really, I went for a 3-4 just because. Like I said, Granderson a TD, Johan Gafian, two and FTFLs, two sacks, a p- p- breakup, and a forced fumble. How that's extremely dominant. And then I have Um Okiki from Fresno State who had a PBU, two TFLs, a sack, five total tackles. Maybe remove him, but nobody on the Boise defensive line played that great overall. I mean, like for for individual stats, I should say sorry.
0: You know, well, I would play. have I would have put Curtis Weaver on there with two sacks.
1: I was thinking... That was the only guys debating between him and Okiki. I was debating; I wasn't sure, so I went with the with the TB with the pass breakup as well, and that's kind of why I went in there. That's a pretty big deal too, but that's like the only guys debating with.
0: You know what we should do next year? We should just do like a like a like an honor roll of some kind for bull season, so that way that way nobody's left out.
1: But but I want a team to play. I want to put a roster together. <laughs> well, okay, well then, isn't this not roll? <laughs> <Cool. laughs>
0: So so, so we're not ha- we're not handing out participation trophies is that what you're saying
1: I'm not, overall? I'm not I'm not going that far but I'm not going to go too deep because there's only 6 teams man come on. But th- there's there's players going to be up. maybe I should have done a 4-3 would that have been better and then remove um I don't know Logan Wilson but he had a forced fumble to pick. Jeez, come on, give me a break. I guess I could have removed Kai to Zanio because I'm I'm using air quotes only he had no pass breakups, no TFLs, no sacks, but seventeen total tackles. Mm-hmm. It's like that's like machine worthy all over the field. So people have already hated me when I retweeted this again this week, but if you if Matt, if your nitpick is one position, I think I did a good job.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't I mean I I've, I've seen the arguments that people are making, and I think that there are fair arguments all around, but it's really hard to quibble too much with what you came up with.
1: Yeah, I guess Jalen Davis and Weaver, that's about it. Yeah. But but then again, I put his teammate down, Love at seven tackles and a pick. I'm like, well, that's pretty good too. So so uh, I guess we should get a little bit of newsy stuff here. Should we talk about the Colorado State situation really quick before you got to take off today? Cause we're cutting it close.
0: A little bit weird. A little bit of weirdness going on in Fort Collins.
1: So as my autoplay video plays in the background, let me close that here, folks. Um, day of or day yeah, day of the national title game. It was announced. Uh, football scoop was first and then confirmed by, like, the Colorado and Kyle Welly and those, to those type of guys that the Rams are hiring defensive back coach from Roll Tide to come in, Derek Ainsley, to come in to be the D.C., which people say, like, SEC country, like, oh, he's one of the best recruiters. He's coaching the SEC, for, like, what, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, Bobo, obviously, Georgia for two decades, so he knows mm-hmm. that area very well. And the unit is one of the best – I think I've looked at some numbers – the most pass efficient secondary in the country. And then if you watch the game, like I know there's athletes on the field, like they're way better, but I was going to debate doing a piece. I'm like, Oh, what's an angle we could take. Okay. The new DC's coaching a secondary. What's showing up. There is that amazing one handed pick the guy come across, comes across the field. Like one of the early possessions gets a one handed pick. There was a corner blitz and I get talent. And then the DC calls the plays, but you can see what type of athletes and schemes he's out there. Cause DBs are running all, running all over the place. And, if I recall from the broadcast, they were down at least one starter who start like they had a backup who recently came into more playing time due to injury or something. So they have depth and then but you coach and everything. I get it. CSU to Bama talent discrepancy, but when you see the scheme, it, there's stuff that we could see. It was there. However, looks like as of today, which is Thursday, um well, he's going to the Oakland Raiders.
0: That was fast.
1: Potentially to be the to join, join Chucky to be the uh, secondary's coach.
0: Something like that happened to Fresno State this past offseason, too. I forget the guy's name, but he was here for like a week, and then he took a job with Cal,
1: actually. So, well, and also Hawaii with Zach Hill. Yeah, so it's not
0: as though it's unheard of, but it's going to be really interesting to see who the Rams bring in now because, you know, obviously they're – they'll have some holes. I think, I think they still have some holes to fill in there in their recruiting classes year. but you know, they're still going to need someone to help them take the next step forward on defense. And so,
1: mm-hmm. cause it wasn't very good.
0: Yeah. So do you have, do we have any sense of like who they're looking
1: at now? I don't know. It's, um, I'm trying to see here what else has happened. Um, there's nothing like I should look up football scoop. Or, like if you have an athletic subscription, head over to Chris, Menini he does a bunch of stuff on that from being at coaching church before. Um, nothing I could tell like this, that hire was sort of out of nowhere. Just because outside of, you know, Bobo and Bobo knows sec guys, mm-hmm. I don't like, here's the thing. Well, one quick thing on him going to the Raiders, what makes it interesting to me is that, well, a couple things. One, if you were to take the CSU job, He'd be at a place where he's never recruited, never been out west. He played at Troy, coached in the SEC for his entire career, only a DB coach for two years at Alabama, and well, obviously SEC before that, Kentucky and uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But how would he adjust? Because not that he's just a DC, he's, he's for an offensive coach. And what is his trajectory? He's never recruited out there. He'd probably go back to that part of the country. So that's a kind of a culture, not culture thing, but a football culture, I should say, from where you're at to recruiting and those type of things. But then also, what does he want to be as a coach? Because if you're a DB um, at Colorado State or defensive coordinator at CSU, next step would be a head coach somewhere, most likely, or maybe a defensive coordinator at a bigger program. That's clearly the path he'd want to take. But if you're going to be a DB coach in NFL, where 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 does that? What's the next step from there? Just bounce, you know what I mean? Like, what is what is his end goal? is he want to be an NFL coach, a college coach? Because going having the diversity is a big deal to coming back to college. But if you're in the NFL, there's no recruit. You're just coaching. It doesn't matter. He's gonna have the best talent in the world. So basically, similar to Alabama, compared relatively speaking, what he'd be coaching at CSU. So. I get the allure of the NFL, but what's his – we don't know this, but what's his main goal for a coach?
0: Okay, so I just – while you were talking, I went to try to find the latest, and it does look like Colorado State may have found a replacement
1: already. Oh, already? so already? Where, per, where are you per, getting this scoop from? Where's the scoop coming from?
0: It is coming from footballscoop.com. Um, they are saying John Jancic is probably going to be the new defensive coordinator. Sorry, cons- say that one more
1: time he broke up there he,
0: uh, John Jansek he was John a consultant Jancic, okay. to can he was a consultant at Kentucky this past season but before that he was the defensive coordinator at both Cincinnati and Tennessee for Butch Jones so you know championship of life I guess
1: yeah. um how does that like that doesn't seem like well I don't want to Crap on the hire; it's your second choice, but at least he has experience. That's a, that's better than what uh, Ainsley was bringing in. That's true, So there's that. I coached a bigger program, but I guess here's the thing too: Jeff Tepper was a consultant for Washington, so that worked out pretty well for the Dogs.
0: And just going back over the last couple of years, I, I forget exactly when he was. I I'm, I don't have the years of when he was a DC in front of me, but I just went back on a per play basis, at least through the last three seasons, so 2014, 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Tennessee finished in the exact same place in the SFC SEC every single year. They finished eighth. <laughs> so okay. I mean that's okay, I guess. They were averaging a little under you know f- somewhere between five and a half and six yards per play allowed in the SEC, which is, you know, it's good, not great. I'd have to look at what that is on the national average. But, you know, just off the bat, without having looked too f- much further into it, it seems, what, lukewarm,
1: I guess? You wanted to see how the Colorado, I found the article, want to see how they spun it?
0: how they how they spin it?
1: They go by total defense, which is a crap stat overall. Okay. 94th to 37th from... Um, 2013 to 2015, and then this one's actually pretty good. Scoring defense went from 90th to 19 in two years. So scoring defense, that's a good stat. But total defense, whatever. I don't care about that.
0: Okay, so I just went and I, I went back and I looked. So he was at Tennessee 2013 to mm-hmm. to 2016. So I went back to 2013. They were 11th in his first year as defensive coordinator, and they averaged a little over six yards per play allowed. So there was some improvement. You know, mm-hmm. perhaps like steady improvement, if not necessarily like you know game changing on the level of like Alabama or something like that. So, you know, maybe there is something there. I'm willing to kind of wait and see how what you know other people's reactions look like before I make any kind of definitive judgment on it.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. It could be we'll see. It's um, I'd like I don't know. I, I guess Ainsley would make better because younger coach. And more, not an uppercomer, but it also lacked experience. So, this guy still coached a good level at Tennessee. Did show some improvement, not amazing improvement, but also the Rams defense was pretty bad for the yeah. most for, 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 especially secondary. That's why I thought it, bringing in Derek Ainsley would be a good fit because he'd get those DBs up and going and then also control defense overall. So, it's, it's hard to make a splashy you hire for a defensive coordinator at Colorado State. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, who are going to bring in. That's like, it's a huge name. It's going to be a guy either like this, like Jan Jane who's out of coaching and consulting, or it's going to be a coach, similar G five DC, maybe Mac or Sunbelt or position coach. Like we, we saw in Ainsley, Ainsley Ainsley. So, excuse me. so it, it'll be fine. If they get J- Jane sick, that's great. That'll be good. But it just kind of stinks. It's like with the, um, Mike the Chris Baird thing at Texas Tech and UNLV coach for three days essentially, then took the Texas Tech job. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, should we get to since you're you got to go in a few minutes? Should we discuss our the national title stuff? Yeah, let's because do that. We're we're kind of leaning into it, I guess now. Yeah, we let's, think let's do weird. it. So Central Florida. Um, if you go by Callie Matrix, you're national champs by an old BCS computer. <sighs>
0: Didn't we just get through having a long discussion about the BCS computers when it came to the home field advantage for the championship game? So so now people want to put stuff in it? You you like those computers. You like those computers. I'm saying, okay, so yes, I did say that the computers probably got it right because not all (laughs) wins are created equal. (laughs) But come on, UCF's not number
1: one. I would say they're better than number 12 or whatever. They were going into the final ranking.
0: That's probably
1: true. I figured they should have been about eight or or so.
0: But anyway, let's, let's segue into what we were really going to talk about.
1: So here's what we did. So, um, we made a little partnership. If you've ever seen breaking tea.com, check them out. They're pretty cool. It's basically by the guy who made for the win at USA today. So he has some pretty cool ideas. And I think he did a little fan house and all sorts of fun stuff. So he's a pretty big deal. If you, if you're into that type of stuff, um, so I reached out to him like, hey, we want to maybe earn a few bucks. We want to have some cool t-shirts because we're potentially looking at, um, if you like basketball, the Dome of Doom could be a thing coming down your pipe, your, um, on your backs. So I reached out him, like, hey, what do you guys got? He's like, I got an idea for a boy t-shirt. And I'm like, I kind of felt where this is going. So he's like, let's make – because Tulane made official national title shirts with their um, bookstore, their 98-year with Sean King. And was it Mack Brown, their head coach at that time?
0: Mac? No, I don't. I don't remember who the head coach was, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Mac Brown.
1: Who was the? You sure? Well, I don't care. Whatever. I know Sean King was your quarterback. I thought Mac. Tommy uh, Bowden. Whatever. Oh, it was Bowden. Okay, okay, that's right. Sorry, Mac Brown came from North Carolina to Texas. Sorry, uh, Southern accent guy. Come on, give me a break, right? <laughs> so they're like, "Yeah, we got an idea for a sure." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So since everybody's claiming a national title, why don't we jump on the bag- bandwagon too? I think it's um. We called it ridiculous. It is what it is, but why not embrace it? Because if you read random stuff from the internet the past week leading up to the title game, a million teams claim national titles without deservingly so. They were in national titles handed out pre bowl games back in World War II era. If you recall, a year or two ago, when Minnesota scheduled UNLV, their meeting I covered claimed like five or six national titles. Six
0: time national champion, Minnesota Golden Gophers. I remember that.
1: Well- I think where most of them, like, I don't remember what it was, but it was something where pre, I think it was pre-World War II, I believe. I know this is probably not, not correct, but they were like, is when they were giving out national titles before bowl games or something. In
0: 1904, 1934, 35, 36, 40,
1: 41, and 60. At least the ones within the past 60 years, barely. So, so
0: lots of lots of wartime football titles, I guess, for the Gophers.
1: Yeah, when Army and Navy had their guys battling overseas. Yeah. The Nazis. Um, so we decided to make a 2006-2009 national championship. We were going to do 06. I'm like, well, let's include 09. Because 06, remember, is the Oklahoma year for when they beat um, Oklahoma and <laughs> sorry. Statue of Liberty, um, you had the proposal, you had the hook and ladder, you had the wide receiver pass for the touchdown, which people forget about. Or maybe it's two-point conversion. Whatever it was, there's a score on a wide receiver pass. Didn't they beat, um, in the worst matchup ever because the BCS hates the non-powers, TCU number three versus Boise State and Fiesta Bowl, Boise won. So we made a shirt commemorating that, 2006-09 national champs. And we tried to make it a little, me and Jamie were going back and forth, what should we do for a little tagline? So he had national title. I'm like, what about this? Actually, sorry, excuse me. I shouldn't take credit for that. He took credit for this. I think was thinking of something else. They put undefeated forever, which can't take that away, can you? I like it. So, we need to start the hashtag Undefeated Forever. Which I will have out tomorrow at a pre-scheduled post on Twitter. Sounds good to me. So, if you want one of these shirts, here's where you go to find it. They're a crisp 25 bucks, Which, it's fair. It's cool. Um, we do get a cut from it. So, if you want to help with the podcast or the website, purchase a t-shirt from us, please. And to make it more clear, um, well, go to our Facebook page because it's pinned. Do not... Uh, I know they hate for me to say this, but do not go directly to breakingtea.com and order the shirt because we have a particular URL because I believe other shirts, other sites are promoting the same shirt, which is fine. That's cool with it, but we have a particular link. So go to our Twitter page. It's pinned there. Our Facebook page, it's pinned there. And if you want a shirt, go order a shirt, DM us. And yeah, we're going to start doing t-shirts now, I guess.
0: You got to get this for the Boise State pin
1: in your life. Do, should we send one to Chris Hondras? Might as well. <laughs> I need to. Get, what do you gift? Right, he just got married recently.
0: I mean, I mean, let's put it this way: <laughs> Boise State, especially in 2009, they've got a better claim on a national title than UCF does this year. Let's just put it.
1: They that were. Way. They were ranked um, end of the season fourth after, but. TCU, actually, before them were three heading in. But, yeah, they had cl- very good claims. Um, also, here's a quick promotion we'll do, too. We'll make some T-shirts. We have a few in the pipeline. But if you make a T-shirt and it gets approved, we will send you that T-shirt at no cost. We will buy that shirt and send it to you. Nice. So, if you would like a shirt, um, we've made Quinterback shirts. I think that's retired because nobody's done that in a while, even though I still love the Quinterback. Maybe we'll bring back the A Ain't Play Nobody because that's pretty cool, I think. But... If you create a t-shirt, here's the rules. You cannot use a school name at this moment. They are working on licensing stuff. Um, you cannot use like player name, obviously, for NCAA pur- pur- purposes. But numbers are in, in play. So if you want to make a number or something for a player of some sort, if you have a shirtless must idea, or if you have just some idea, Football Bob, I'm giving away all the ideas I have. I should shut up right now. But it's, but if you have a good idea and it gets approved and we decide to go with it, you'll get a shirt, t-shirt. how's that sound?
0: It's hard to beat free stuff.
1: Free stuff. So if you do that, just um, shoot shoot me an email. Go to um, I guess I'll make the easy email. I don't use very often, but I do check often. gmail.com. So get a hold of us that way. If you want a t shirt, cool. If you have an idea for a shirt, great. And maybe we'll reevaluate our Patreon ways because we've been slacking. So I apologize for those who've been nice to send us a few bucks at Patreon backslash MWC wire. Uh, maybe we'll make a t shirt thing in there if you contributed some stuff there, you get a free shirt every so often. So send us the ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas? Quick idea for Fresno Matt? Anything with a mustache and a Pat Hill maybe? I'd have to th- I'd have to former think about coach it. Pat Hill. Can, have- we MDC- can we show empty? can we show MTC to Safemart?
0: Oh, don't don't <laughs> go there.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Fresno's not a
0: basketball town, let's just put it that
1: way. Dude, Deshaun Taylor, go watch him hoop before he's gone. I think that's our show for tonight. We've wrapped up everything, and you you got to head out here in six minutes. So that's our show. So if you want to shirt, Facebook, uh, Twitter, MWC Wire, at Mountain Rose Wire on Facebook. Uh, if you want to see Wyoming coach kicking field goals from the wrestling team into basketball hoops, same place. Here's the quick schedule we're going to do. We're going to go once a week for the podcast. Next week we'll do our stupid early 2018 picks just because we'll do as you mentioned was it march shredness shredness this year
0: we'll do it at some point yeah they're announcing the the bracket i think region by region this week so if you are interested in seeing what that's all about if you were uh, if you were around for last last year's discussion on march fadness it was more great. more or less the same thing just a bracket of the greatest 80s hair metal band, uh, songs of all time
1: yeah, i got show you up
0: marchshredness.com or you can find them on Twitter at March Shredness.
1: Yeah, so check that out. We'll do one of those. We'll do some random stuff, early stuff. We'll get some interviews, but we promise to go once a week. That's a medium-sized promise. I think we did that nearly every week last year. So, But, yeah, check us out. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Google Play. Oh, not Google Play. Sure, maybe we're on there. I don't know. F- Look for us. Give us a review because that helps us out a lot because we want more people to listen. Word. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Give us a review, whatever you want it to be, five stars preferably, and then tell us we suck. That's okay. If you like our basketball podcast, um, you like Eli better than me, great. If you like Matt better than myself, you like Jeremy better than Matt, whatever, let us know who your favorite host is. We don't care. We won't fight about it. We're cool. We're, we're good enough friends to take the heat, right? Oh, yeah. All right, so that's the show for tonight. So, again, check us out, MWI.com. And I can't say we're biased anymore, but we'll see you next time, folks.